Hey, life insurance agents, you're listening to the Modern Life Insurance Selling Podcast, where we provide the tools to help you grow a more profitable life insurance business by selling online and over the phone from anywhere with an internet connection. Even if you're alone in your quest to build your life insurance business, just know that there's a community of life insurance agents at SellTermLife.com, connecting and helping each other grow their businesses from home offices, coffee shops, and beaches all across the nation. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Modern Life Insurance Selling Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Root, and today I'll be interviewing a local SEO expert. So for those of you that are only working your local market, you'll want to listen closely. This will also be very valuable for those marketing nationally, as we all love our local prospects since they seem to respond so well to agents in their local area. So it's completely a different kind of SEO than we normally talk about, and it's something anyone can do on their own. So even if you're not interested in marketing online, you can bring in new clients every month by implementing local SEO strategies. But you got to do it right, and that's what we'll be talking about today. But first, let me take a few moments to go over the usual. If you're listening in iTunes or Stitcher and like what you hear, please leave us a review. And just so you know, you can download these episodes for free on your mobile devices within iTunes or on the Stitcher app. And also, don't forget about the send voicemail button on our website where you can ask any questions and we'll cover it on a future podcast. So today, we have Jake Poole on the podcast. Jake is a local SEO expert who is doing some huge things for local businesses across the nation just by implementing local SEO strategies. We met for coffee last week, and I was blown away by the kind of results local businesses were getting from the work he was doing, and I pretty much begged him to come on the podcast because of the value bombs he was dropping. Welcome to the podcast, Jake. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, let's start here with a little bit of background about you and uh, what your company does. Yeah, so um, we've been working with local digital marketing for about four or five years or so. Um, You know, That started out with local SEO. So that would be search engine optimization, and it's kind of evolved to um, really anything with local marketing that will drive phone calls. So companies hire us to get their phone to ring. We find in the lo- in local marketing, you know, basically you're talking about Google Maps, anything that you can drive to, really. So it typically would have a, a city attached to it or a neighborhood attached to it in the in the Google search. That typically leads to a phone call. So so everything we do is revolved around. How do you get somebody to call a local business? Yeah, we've had some success with it over the past few years. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, so you're, I think you said your main market before in our previous conversations are Dennis and, and some others as well. And the, the local SEO basically brings in a consistent flow of, of clients for them. Is, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'm never, I'm never, I never cease to be amazed with how many people are actually searching in local markets. We started out in, with working with basically any business that was a local business. So a good way to judge that would be ten years ago, these would be companies that would be in the yellow pages. Mm-hmm. So when you wanted a local business ten years ago, you just picked up yellow pages. Well, now they, they, everyone goes to Google, and I mean there are. It's just amazing. There are some markets in, in dentistry, for example, and for your listeners. Um, I'm willing to bet it's very similar numbers, um, if not more numbers for um, for insurance searches. But you know, you, you'll have anywhere from five to ten thousand searches a month for some of these dental keywords, in an average size city of maybe one to two million. So the market is huge for local businesses online. Yeah, I mean, I think the next thing we should do is go over some some strategies that you guys use. I think 
a lot of the life insurance agents listening to this podcast, that's what they're most interested in here, um, you know, what you're doing to get to make their phone ring. So, I mean, where should life insurance agents start with local SEO? An interesting thing because it's at times I'm sure some of your listeners feel overwhelmed because mm-hmm. uh, you're competing. I mean, who would be some of the of their competitors? Some of your listeners' competitors. So I mean, we compete with a lot of uh, call centers and a lot of the life insurance companies as well. So you know, a lot of times they're hogging the first page of Google. Right. So it seems like an insurmountable task to try to to try to get through. Yeah. I can imagine. Now the good news is. Oftentimes, Google will, uh, and I'll speak in, with Google in particular, but really I'm talking about all search engines, um, Bing, Yahoo, and even, even some of these review sites like Yelp. Uh, but with, with the search engines, Google, Bing, and Yahoo, uh, oftentimes it's great because you can circumvent those heavy hitters, those national players, through the maps because Google will return a maps display uh, oftentimes when, when those large companies can't, they, they can't have a maps listing because they don't have an office mm-hmm. or a presence in that city. So that's the good news. And the other good news is with, when it comes to local marketing, and again, I, I stress this is maps, this is mobile maps, this is the Yelps of the world, it's not as difficult as some might think. So it's, it's very doable. In fact, it's very doable to get a great start as just a solo, as a solo company, a solo entrepreneur. So that's the good news. I want everyone to feel good about where they're going with this. And some of the places to start, and this is a whole conversation in itself. A, I would start with website, with a good website. I'm a believer that your listeners' websites are going to be the cornerstone of any marketing efforts they do. Every type of marketing effort, whether it be word of mouth or networking or online marketing, people are going to go to your website. So that needs attention. After that, a good place to start is in local market is what's called the NAP, name, address, and phone number. And what this means is everywhere online, Google, Yahoo, Bing, and all of these directories, they have your listeners, their, their business name. And oftentimes, your business name can differ depending on which uh, website has the information. And so it's absolutely crucial that your business name and your address and your phone number are 100% consistent all the way through. And this is the number one area that I think people run into is not having a consistency. Um, and then after that, you know, we can talk about blogging or how to set up a website. We can talk about a little, a little about social media. Uh, there's all kinds of things. But I would start with doing Google searches for your business's name, for your LLC's name, for whatever, however you're set up, and making sure that your name is consistent across all, all directories, everywhere on the internet. Huge. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, last week, actually, and a lot of uh, ranking factor that you see where people come to you, they need help with their local search, just comes into, I guess, uh, making sure all that's the same across these different directories, per se, for lack of a better word. Absolutely, and in fact, that's the that's the that's the right word. That's the number one word. Okay. Um, so if you think about it, right? If you think about SEO, search engine optimization, basically you're optimizing your business and to to get to show up highly in all kinds of different ways online. And the number one factor that websites look at is can we call you can call it authority? You can call it trust. Let's just say trust. Hmm. It's how much do they trust that your business is actually a great business to show up for this term. So if you think about it in that way, you can kind of intuitively figure out, okay, what do we need to do to make Google 
understand that we're a trustworthy business. And you can understand too that if your if your business information is different on different websites, so Google crawls a website, they go and look on Yelp, and your business is Jeff Root Insurance LLC. But you know, in your in the back of your mind, you know you do you got your DBA is Rootfin. Okay, so so Google goes to to Yelp and they see Jeff Root Financial LLC or whatever, and then they go to um, to Yahoo and they see Rootfin Financial. Mm-hmm. And it's two business names, right? So then immediately Google will say, okay, well, we trust this business a little bit less than the competitor next door who has the same business name everywhere. Ah, that makes a ton of sense, yeah. So if, you're, if your information doesn't line up, you're basically causing a little bit of distrust in, in the search engines. And therefore, no trust equals lack of ranking. Mm-hmm. And you were, you were telling me uh, last week as well that you know, when you bring on new clients who are having trouble ranking locally – that's the number one thing. 99% of the time, that's the reason why they're not ranking locally is because they're part of directories, things don't match up. Once you get those to match up, and it may take a while because there's lots of directories that are hard to get a hold of, but once you do get that all congruent with each other, they rank a lot higher. Is that the case? That's absolutely correct. I mean, I would say 80, 90% of the time, if a business is kind of just nowhere to be found, at least the root cause can be found in misinformation and a lack of consistency in the name, address, and phone number. And this happens for all kinds of reasons, right? Um, some directories can will go by your LLC. and So let's talk about how they're getting this information, right? Okay. So if, if I'm a business and I go online and I do a bunch of Google searches and you know search for your phone number, search for your address, and just kind of get a lay of the land and what comes up, and you see that you have different information everywhere. Well, where are these directories getting their information? And Basically, what it comes down to is there's a few what's called data aggregators online. Uh, these are trusted websites that take it upon themselves to aggregate businesses' data and, cre- and keep a clean list of all the small business data in, in the U.S. or, or wherever. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a few of those. One's called Localese. One's called InfoUSA. Uh, there's one or two other ones that are important. And basically... All of these websites, let's say the city searches of the world, the mantas of the world, those type of things, they look to these data aggregators to tell them what's the best information. So a few things, this means a few things. One, you need to make sure your data is 100% accurate in the data aggregators. So like I said, locally, Info, Info USA would be two places to start. And two, this means that certain, certain directories, um, the higher up they are on that waterfall, the more important they are. So... Take, for example, Yelp. Yelp has, in, has employees that are constantly um, actually verifying data and, and talking to businesses in person or, or over the phone. And so Yelp is a very trusted source. So it's extremely important that all your information on Yelp matches what Google thinks your information is and matches everywhere. It's even more important there because Google sees that as a, an extra trusted source, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, it does. Okay. So, for example, using InfoUSA Local Ease, um, if you were to change your address information, phone number, name to, you know, to match everything that you're doing, will it automatically change, you know, for example, like City Search or Manta, you know, the, where they pull the data from? Just by changing those, will it kind of talk to the other directories below them? It does. However, sometimes it will create a duplicate. So okay. you'll have your old information and your new information. So let's say, let's use... City Search as an example. That may not, that may, may not be a good example because they have their own information. But um, let's say City Search, and you change your your information in InfoUSA, 
Now, that may take 30, 60, 90 days to feed down to some mm-hmm. of these directories. So you might not see that change right away. Depending on how you changed it, though, it may just create an, a duplicate listing, which is good because that's your right one, right? That's your correct information. Um, however, you need to cancel out the other listing your old city search listing. So the best way you have to do this is just to create a little spreadsheet mm-hmm. and do all the research and put the put a link in and, and find every place that you are online and then in the next column over put the name that that has on on the directory and then just go through and and register all those and just go through and change them. This is a this is maybe a 3 to 6 month process, but it's really really good for establishing trust. And over about over let's say 3 months You'll slowly get all of these to match, and you'll see results. Mm-hmm. You'll see results. Google will start to trust you more. I remember doing this for myself. I think one of the first things that I ever did, and I don't know if this is what we should be doing or not, is for Google Local, I think it's called, where they actually send you a little postcard to verify your address. Now, the fact that they do that makes me think that they're probably one of the, the top sources for information. Is that a true statement? That's absolutely right. It makes okay. sense, right? The harder yeah. it is or the more accurate it, the information is, the more it's going to be trusted. Okay. What are some other things, you know, besides getting your, you know, your name, address, phone number correct with all the directories and data aggregators out there? What are some other things we can be doing to, you know, get prospects, life insurance prospects to find us um, in our local areas? Okay, there's a couple of, of important and effective things that you can do. One, if we stayed on the line of trust, the idea is to build trust. Now, what would the search engines be looking for in a company or website that they want to trust? One of them, which is huge, is reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had a company in a city that I was selling anything in, I would be trying to get reviews day and night, okay, for many reasons. One, obviously, the more reviews you have, you can kind of intuitively think, okay, well, search engines are probably going to trust me a little bit more. The higher rating, star rating I have, search engines are probably going to trust me more. Not to mention one of the most powerful sales tools you can have is social proof and, and referrals, mm-hmm. so third-party validation. So if I go online and I read reviews that you're a great person to work with and people, other people have said that, not you, it's extremely powerful. And we all experience this all the time with restaurants. And I mean, everything is moving toward reviews. Yeah. So I would really focus on reviews. The other thing you can do is you can create, you can establish or strengthen your authority and basically your association with your keywords. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm trying, well, well, give me a keyword example, Jeff, that, that somebody would want to rank for. So somebody might want to rank for life insurance uh, in Austin. Life insurance in Austin. Okay. So the first thought is that's, that's, the, that's the holy grail keyword, right? That would be the most difficult keyword. Right. Um, one place, one thing to think about is what are some possible longer tail keywords? When I say longer tail, I mean um, they contain more words. Mm-hmm. So, what are some longer tail or, or keywords with more words that might uh, indicate somebody is in the market as well? Let's brainstorm on that real quick. Okay. So, find a life insurance agent in in Austin or exactly. life insurance broker. In Austin, Texas, or compare life insurance brokers in Texas, or or zip codes, or all. Mm-hmm. So the these are way these are great words. Okay, definitely life insurance um, Austin would be the holy grail. Where your lower lower hanging fruit is going to be these long tail keywords, because not only the less competitive, but if you think about it, the more words somebody searches, the more sure they are of what they want, and the closer they are, the, the further down the buying cycle they are. 
Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So if they have the word price or the word quotes, those are great people you want to target. So let's say it's compare life insurance quotes near South Shore, Austin, Texas. South Shore being a suburb of Austin. Now that's a great keyword. So you've, you've established your keywords. Now you want to build content on your website around that keyword so that you're basically telling Google, hey Google, I, I just so happen to be a life insurance expert who has comparative quotes on their website and I'm actually near South Shore, Austin, Texas. So you want to build content. That can be in the form of the easy way is blog posts. So if your blog posts contain those words or um, are maybe about things in that area, the search engines are very smart. Uh, if you were to blog about a let's say a 5K run in South Shore and you're linked out to the 5K runs website or even crazier, that South Shore, Austin, Texas 5K website linked back to you because your wife or your husband knew the person who ran the website. Mm -hmm. That's that's crazy, right? Well, you get a link from that. Yeah. Um, then you all of a sudden told Google, hey, Google, I just, I just so happen to be, you know, all of these keywords. And because I have my address correct, you trust me, and you're going to rank for those words, most likely. Awesome. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. So build, so build content, and also you can, you can build actual web pages. Um, one tactic that we've had some success with is finding all the neighborhoods around you that people might search with and um, create a page around that neighborhood. So, for example, let's say take a painter. We built a neighborhood uh, page with about 250, 300 words on it that linked out to relevant websites in that area, so their their local chamber for that neighborhood, maybe like an um, okay. Here's a quick tip. <laughs> Ready, Joe? Good. Um, let's say I wanted to rank in South Shore, okay, mm -hmm. and I wanted to find the sites that Google associated with South Shore the most. Mm -hmm. I would do a search for South Shore. I would do South Shore, Austin, Texas, and then whatever what sites rank highest there, I know that Google puts those in high regard. Right? They trust those websites. So then I can link out to those sites. If I link out to those sites, I basically establish that connection and I tell Google, hey, I'm, I'm near South Shore. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense, yeah. So, so I would build out, let's say, a painter. I would build out like painter, jakespaintingshop.com slash South Shore Painting. Mm -hmm. And then in the South Shore Painting, I'd talk about how, um, how great I am in South Shore. And I'd say, hey, hey, we're even involved with a local South Shore 5K run. And then I'd link out to them. I would find maybe that if you're interested, if you are a South Shore resident, then um, check out the Chamber of Commerce and then link out to that. And then you've built these signals to Google. Awesome. I love it. I'd never even thought about doing that. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's actually, um, a these are advanced tactics, but, I it's, but it's pretty easy to do and extremely effective. So if, you know, if, if I was sitting down with a coffee with somebody who was an, an agent, I would say, hey, go home and build 10, 20 pages built around these neighborhoods and just let them sit there. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Okay. And uh, just to kind of circle back real quick to the ratings, what sites do you recommend getting reviews on? Like what are the main ones besides Yelp? Would Yahoo or Google be one or are there others? Well, absolutely. Google and Yahoo. Google would be top of the list. Okay. So you have your Google Plus page where reviews are. Um, and then Yelp is very, very high. You know, what I would do is I would do Google searches and see what websites are showing up. Okay. Almost every industry has uh, niche-specific sites where they aggregate reviews. 
I don't worry too much about the city searches or the mantas of the world. Our users on those sites looking at reviews, I've never talked to anyone that's looked at a city search review, you know, in, in yeah. passing. Um, however, everyone looks at Yelp reviews, you know. Um, so I would just kind of navigate on. Are there any insurance websites, Jeff, that actually have reviews on them that you know of? As far as local reviews, I've seen a couple agents do it, but I don't see many at all. And personally, you know, I haven't been getting reviews for, you know, for my sites. And this is something, you know, that I absolutely now you've kind of convinced me that I need to be doing. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I actually think that Yelp and Google might be good to okay. start with. And, and absolutely. And in fact, uh, it's you can, it takes a certain amount of reviews. I actually think it's five reviews to get an actual star rating. Mm -hmm. um, anything less than that, you won't even get a star rating. But I would be working on continually getting reviews. Okay. Constant, constant, constant battle. Okay, and what about, I mean, a lot of us life insurance agents work from home. You know, as far as putting our address online in these directories and, um, you know, these review sites, do you think it's wise to put our home address or do you have any advice on that? Google Plus Local actually has, uh, in terms of conditions, how to handle this. And it changes all the time, so I hesitate to, to say it as, this, as the podcast um, moves forward. Okay. Um, it, it usually is that you want to hide your address. So, you, so there's an option that you can hide your address. Because okay. uh, there's lots of businesses that um, are they're solopreneurs or solo entrepreneurs and they just work out of their home office, but they work all over the city. Okay. Right? Like a, let's take a real estate agent, for example. Mm -hmm. So you can hide your address and you can still you can operate like a, like a brick and mortar and it all works fine. So I would say just take a quick look at the terms and conditions and make sure that's what the case is now. And um, yeah, that's, that's probably how you want to handle it. I would say that having a brick and mortar office is um, in the eyes of the search engines uh, seems to be beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, again, you're looking at trust, right? There's varying theories on this, but I would really look at um, some kind of small office if you can. Okay. Um, there's actually co-working spaces, those kind of things. But having a physical address is is beneficial. Uh, I know some people get like a Regis office mm -hmm. just to have the address in Google. That's how important people think it is to have uh, an address. But if you can't, then look at um, look at hiding your address. Yeah, and that's actually a good point. I personally have a have a Regis address. I use the office and. One of the reasons I did that was because you know I move around a lot and they forward my mail, so I have my address. It's everything is to there, and then as I move, they just forward it to different places. So I don't actually pick up my mail there every day. I just get it forwarded. That makes a lot of sense now for my Google local listings <laughs> because I'll have one address and I don't keep moving around. That I have to keep changing with the data aggregators and uh, and the other uh, directories. Absolutely, and that's another thing that you want to check into because Google's going back and forth on Regis offices, and um, we've had clients that had UPS boxes, mm -hmm. and their terms and conditions a lot of times will limit those. The fact that we can uh, use those, okay. yeah, because um, they, they just do. So that's something to look at as well. It's not cut and dry that that would be the best bet, but yeah, again, just take a look at it. All right, so um, a few technical questions here. What do you think about having, when you're choosing a domain, having the keyword in the domain? So, for example, I'm in Austin, Texas. Should I get a domain that says Life Insurance Austin, Texas or Life Insurance in Austin or something along those lines? Are there any advantages for local SEO by having the keyword in the domain? That's a great question. And in the past four years, Google, this is let's say um, this is a knob on Google's algorithm. And, and Google's, when they're, they're figuring out their factors of where people should rank, 
Um, five years ago, if you had a keyword in the domain, it was gold. You, were, you would rank really easily. And then they just woke up one day and turned that factor down, way down, and all the keyword domains dropped. And, and since then, they've been turning the, do- the knob up and down all over the place. So to answer your question, sometimes it does help quite a bit. Sometimes it doesn't. And you're basically at Google's whim, right? Mm-hmm. Better, my, my theory is, or my philosophy is, if I want to build trust, the best way to build trust would be a domain that's built around my business name. Right. So if Google sees my business name all over the web and my domain really tightly matches that, then that's going to be a positive thing. So I would recommend, my first bet is to look at um, a domain with your business name in it. Perfect. Love it. And if I can add to that, even when you're looking at branding, it makes so much more sense, right? For sure. When people think of your name, they're going to go to your domain that has your name in it. Yeah, for sure. What about social media? Is that important for local business? It can be. We talk with clients all the time about social media because here's what's going on. Um, Everyone is going out to seminars and the internet and everything. Everyone's saying social media is where it's at, right? Um, However, in the local marketing field, that's not necessarily always the case. You got to think about the the buying process or the the, the marketing process of your potential clients, right? you know, yet do people go on to, on to Facebook and say, hey, does anyone know a life insurance agent or where I can get life insurance quotes? And then people comment on there and then they share a page of somebody who's active on social media. That happens very occasionally. But as far as the priority goes, there's far, 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 far more, more people going on to Yelp and, and Google and Yahoo and search engines, far more people. So the benefit that social media can have is you can, it can send positive signals to the search engines that say, hey, we're a trustworthy business. You know, let's say you post on your Facebook a bunch and Google can see that. Let's say you post on Twitter and Google can see that. So that's positive. But as far as getting actual clients, it's way, 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 your time is much better spent via search engines. Because again, think about it. When somebody goes to a search engine, they have a need. Mm-hmm. They, type, they type something in, they have a need, that need gets... Uh, gets fulfilled. When somebody goes to social media, they are they they don't always have a need. In fact, they very very few times have a need. They're just surfing. Yeah. They're entertainment. Totally. Yeah. So so that's my thought. Social media can be awesome. It's it's better to think about it as an accentuator. It accentuates what you're already doing. So if you go to a, a networking event or you do something, they go to your Facebook page and you have a bunch of likes and some activity, then that accentuated what your first marketing tactic was, right? Yeah. But your first marketing tactic was the one that got the the client there. Got it. So for this local SEO, I mean, getting reviews, all this stuff, is there any sort of ongoing tasks that life insurance agents should be doing if they're getting into local SEO? Let's just say you, you matched all your name, address, phone numbers with all the aggregators and directories, or you're working on it at least. Yeah. You're getting reviews. You know, you're building out you know, some neighborhood pages. Beyond that, like, you know, if, you, if you've done all that, Let's just say it takes six months to complete all that, and then you just sit back and do nothing. Or is there any sort of ongoing task that you should be doing? Um, yeah, well, we never. Yeah, we're we're hustlers, so we'll never sit back and do nothing. We're always yeah. going to keep going. Um, absolutely. So let's we can go over a little regimen, maybe okay. uh, one that I would recommend. So the neighborhood page. Let's talk about a checklist. Maybe okay. five to ten things. Um, add two neighborhood pages a month. So those would be 300, 400 words. Minimum two blog posts per month, two to four. Consistently, always top of mind with reviews. 
Um, there's things you can do to get reviews to to increase the chances. Follow up emails. You can send postcards to people. You can have little business cards made up that say, "Hey, please review me." That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Assuming your your uh, listeners, guys and gals, work email lists. They all have email lists. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what's a typical regimen for emails? How many emails are they sending out? Well, here's the thing. I mean, a lot of us when we work with people, we we establish a relationship. They're a client, and after then, it's pretty easy to get a review. You know, you can send them an email, hey, glad we got everything taken care of. Appreciate if you took, you know, a couple minutes to fill out a review on Yelp for us if you're a member there or on Google or Yahoo. So I don't think that's a problem. We all have the emails of our clients. So I think that's a great idea. You know, kind of put that in your process to ask for a review after every single client. Absolutely. And the another thing, or maybe the last thing I would recommend is a regimen with video. So I don't know how, I'm not sure how much you guys have talked about videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but extremely, extremely powerful. And so basically you've created content, right? You've created content. You've created two pages, two blog posts. Maybe you do a, um, you create some relationships in the city and you guys, uh, guys and gals post to each other. So you maybe have a um, complimentary business. I'm not sure what one would be in, in your industry. And you guys blog on each other's sites to okay. build exposure, maybe okay. one or two of those a month. Okay. Uh, create a couple of videos, and then at the end of the month, it sh- should you choose, you can send out a monthly newsletter or a monthly roundup with all of the content you, that you've created. And the point of that is obviously stay top of mind, but maybe you ask for, for referrals in those emails, or maybe you do it once every two months or three months. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of what the regimen would look like, is, is creating content consistently. Yeah, and you know a lot of... Uh, we, we've spoken about this in previous podcasts, but a lot of agents with their email list, we don't like to kind of spam our clients with, you know, uh, with a bunch of emails month after month after they're a client. However, if you're local, it makes a lot of sense if you're giving them local information to do some sort of, you know, newsletter once a month, like you said, maybe once every three months, you know, with some of the content and the people you're working with in the community, because it's more than just hitting them up for new business and referrals, you know, you're engaging with the community. So I completely understand that method of, of emailing. That makes a ton of sense. The point is, you've just got to be relevant to, to people, right? And so maybe it's quarterly, because maybe um, clients don't want to be to hear from you all once a month, and that's perfectly fine. But maybe it's quarterly, but it, you know, it's got to be relevant information. So people do like to see videos. Um, they do like to see the community stuff. And and yeah, absolutely. Um, the point is that, that your blog posts and all that needs to be something that is interesting to them, above all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is some great how-to tips, something all of us can implement right now. If we wanted to kind of further our education, what are some good how-to resources, you know, if we wanted to get involved and start uh, implementing a lot of this into our practice? Is there anything online you can recommend? Yeah, there's a couple of websites. There's, um, there's, there's one site called Local University, which they produce a lot of good stuff. Okay. The, the, uh, the, we call him the Don, or he's kind of the, the, the guy who runs everything in this industry. He just knows the most and knows the most people. His name is Mike Blumenthal, okay. and he's got a really good blog. Um, of course, you can go to our website, uh, it's firegang.com, F-I-R-E-G-A-N-G.com. And then there's, um, there's a woman called Linda Bouquet, B-U-Q-U-E-T, okay. and she does a really good job of keeping people up to date as well. Perfect. Jake, I appreciate all this information, your wisdom, expertise on this local SEO stuff. really means a lot to myself and the audience, and uh, you know, thanks a ton for being on here. Thanks, thanks, and uh, best of luck to everyone. 
And now for a peek into our community of life insurance agents over at SellTermLife.com, here are some of this week's hot topics. All right, this week in the community, there was a thread on determining how well your website is performing. A lot of agents think that the number of leads to your site is the ultimate metric, when in reality, I have a website that gets around 200 leads per month, and one of my other sites that gets almost twice that, and they're both submitting around the same amount of premium. So same thing goes with traffic to some of my sites as well, just because one has more traffic than the other, but they're, do- they're both doing the same amount of business. So I discussed some of the metrics that you should be focusing on. We also discussed an effective listening tip to get your prospects to feel like they're being heard. And this tip also encourages them to talk more because you're demonstrating that you have sincere interest in what they're saying. I've been using this strategy for years, and a lot of agents do, but you'd be surprised how many agents don't. (laughs) And it's a simple tweak that anyone can do to their presentation that could possibly change the way your prospects interact with you. And also there was a thread started from an agent just getting started with his website and wanted some keywords to target and was looking for some recommendations. So he suggested some that he wanted to target and we gave him feedback on the good, bad, and what to expect uh, with some screen shares in there as well. So it's very helpful for those just starting their websites. To join the conversation and discover how you can use modern techniques to sell more life insurance, work more efficiently, and on your own terms, head over to SellTermLife.com. We'll see you back next Thursday morning for another value-packed episode of the Modern Life Insurance Selling Podcast. Editing and production of this podcast were provided by Authority Engine. Learn more at authorityengine.com.